Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Hello, church. And I am Tim, and I am courageous as well. How about you, church? Are you courageous as well? Hey, I want to welcome you to Life Church. I'm so glad you're here. This just wouldn't be the same without you. I tell you, I just love it when you come, and I'm so honored to see every one of you. Your presence adds to what God is doing here, and so I'm so honored you're here. I want to give a special welcome to any of the guests that are with us today. Can you join me giving them a great clap? Amazing. I love the video. I thought it was amazing to hear the stories of people in our church. John and Christy, they're just such a sweet couple, I tell you. I was so impressed with them when they first came to church. They, they just courageously jumped in to everything we were doing. They're just like, hey, we'll go to Next Step class. We'll start serving. We'll start sowing and tithing into the church. And, and I just love their hearts. And of course, then they talked about our kids' ministry. And, and you need to know that the secret sauce to Life Church is always our kids' ministry. Uh, they do so great. That's why Summer Jam is going to be awesome this week. So uh, pray for that throughout the week. It'll be great. But let's just take a moment, honor John and Christy for their great hearts. Would you give them just one clap? Amazing. So good. So they were talking about uh, our new facility, and we're, we're excited that somewhere about a year from now, we'll walk into a brand new building and how great that will be for us. If you're new to us, we've, we've leased a 26,000 square foot facility for our church. It'll be our new church home. And um, there will be some renovations that have to be done. And so we're doing a campaign to raise $1.5 million to complete the renovations on that, on that facility so that we have a new home for us. We can't stay here, and so we've got to move forward. That's God's, God's plan for us. The Courageous Campaign is a three-year commitment from our church body to, to give uh, to our church finances that will be above and beyond our tithes. And so we're all just making a sacrificial, courageous uh, commitment to, to sow into our church. Our goal is for 100% participation, and then whatever that is will be enough for whatever we need to do. And so next week is going to be a special week for us where we turn in our commitment cards. And so I want to give you a, a look at one of the commitment cards that you'll have an opportunity to fill out. And so on the screen, you see this is the back side of that commitment card. And, and I just want to explain just a moment to you about how to fill out this card. Uh, first of all, we're asking you to pray about what you will give above your tithes and offerings. So there's no pressure. There's no manipulation. Um, you can do as little or as much as you believe the Lord has called you to do. All I ask you to do is pray about it and you say, God, I'll do what you say. So... On the left side, the lines coming down are places for you to fill out about your giving. And so in three weeks, we're going to have a big give offering to help build momentum for the campaign. So basically, you're going to just pray about it and say, God, this is something I can do just to kick off this campaign. So for some of you, it may be 50 bucks, maybe $10. For some of you, it may be $25,000, whatever you can do to, to launch the campaign. Then the next blanks begin to... Uh, tell us the, the way that you're going to give. 
So as an example, if you plan on giving $25 a week for three years, then you would put $25 a week for the three years. And then you would not fill out monthly or annually. So that didn't, wouldn't apply to you. So for Harriet and I, as an example, we're going to give monthly. So we'll skip the weekly line and we're going to put in what we're going to give monthly to the campaign for three years. If you're going to give once a year, then you'd put it there. If you're not 100% sure, but you know somehow, some way you're going to give, and so you can just say, hey, other, and this is what we're going to do. There's also a line there that maybe prompt you to understand other ways that you can give to our church. So if you have stocks and bonds and securities and property, anything like that, that you uh, have that you would like to donate and give, um, we can even do um, cryptocurrency. So if, you, if you've somehow bought, you know, stock in one of the cryptos really early and it hasn't crashed completely on you, um, that might be a place uh, for you to give. And then, you know, you would just tell us what that total amount would be for three years. And so next week we'll have a special service and we'll have a moment where we all get to come up and, and we'll have baskets at the front and during part of the worship we'll come up and we'll put our commitment cards in there. And it's really just a way for us to be 100% in as a church in what God is doing in our church. And so we just want everyone to participate. And so that's what we're doing. So that's next week. I hope you'll come and be part of that. And uh, it'll be an amazing moment. I believe God will bless us as we are all in together. Can I get an amen? Hey, one quick question. Would you like to see our building before we start renovations? If you raise your hand, you want to see what it looks like? You want to see the skating ring? Uh, you want to go down memory lane maybe for some of you? So listen, today from 2.30 to 4.30, I will be at the building. Doors will be open. You can come in and just see the building before we begin our renovations. We also have markers that are there, and you can write on the walls, uh, Prayer, you know, your prayers or your, your declarations of faith or scriptures on the walls. And so I want to invite you to come see me today between 2.30 and 4.30. It's at the old Jelly Bean Skating Ring that is now our new home church that we'll be walk into in about a year. So today, 2.30 and 4.30. Everybody say 2.30 to 4.30. Come see Pastor Tim. That's right. And then say, I love you, Pastor Tim. Uh, that's what I want to hear. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that so hard. I feel it too. Boy, it's so, like so empowering there. Um, hey, listen, let's, let's preach the word together. Father, I ask that you would help me uh, speak your words, Lord. Uh, just as the disciples, when they received the Holy Spirit that day, there was a, a boldness, a, a Holy Spirit way of communicating that drew people to your kingdom, God. And so, Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to rest on me and help me to preach the way Peter did on that very first day. And so, Father, we love you. And in the name of Jesus, all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. So my sermon today may help some of you if you've ever asked questions like this. Questions that might be like, why is this thing called Christianity not working for me like it's supposed to? Have you ever kind of pondered that? You don't have to raise your hand and admit that, but probably all of us have thought that. Or maybe you might ask the question, why isn't my faith enabling me to have more victory in my life? Great question. Or maybe why aren't my prayers being more effective? I mean, am I the only one that has ever had that moment, that thought? 
Or why isn't God moving in my life? Or why is God always moving in that person's and not my life? And I want to try to help you understand how you can move into more of the, the supernatural move of God in your life and, and just experience God in, in a fresh way. Oftentimes when people ask those questions, though, instead of pressing in to discover more, they, they tend to get frustrated at God. They tend to feel like in some ways God isn't helping me, so they get discouraged, some throw in the towel, they get angry at, at God, and they get irritated at the church, and they're offended, and, and it's, it's because they, they don't understand why this isn't working for them. Well, today I want to help you experience God in a fresh way. Because I still believe God is doing miracles. Do you believe that today? I believe God still wants to move in your life. I believe God wants to be very present in every facet of your life. And so what I want to share with you is a concept that, that is really important to understand. And that concept is that God has a, a basic operating system for the kingdom of God. And if you don't understand His operating system... If you don't understand the, the ways of God, then you won't operate in those ways and therefore you'll miss out on so much of what God is doing. You need to understand that in the kingdom of God, God is king. And a king gets to set the rules and do the things that he wants to do. Like he didn't poll you and I and go, hey, how would you like for me to do this in my kingdom? No, what he does is he calls us to enter into his kingdom and do His kingdom His way. Can I get an amen? Too many Christians don't understand God's operating system. Therefore, they miss out on the, the blessings and the move of God. You see, every kingdom or culture or place has a certain operating system that it operates out of. And it's expected that those who are part of it would follow that plan to participate. As an example... As an example, in America, we drive on the correct side of the road, right? On the right side. And so if you want to participate in driving, if you want to be part of our culture of driving, then you drive on the right side of the road. If for some reason you're all mixed up and you don't like the rules that we have here, and you just say, hey, you know what? I don't like those rules. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to drive on the left side. Well, let me just let you ponder how that's not going to work out for you in your life. Now, though, that's America. If you were to travel over to Australia, now they're confused. We love them, but they drive on the left side. But guess what? They get to make their own rules, right? Like they didn't call over to America and go, hey, which side of the road should we drive on? Like, like they're the kings of their culture and they get to choose where they drive. So when I, from America, go over to Australia, guess which side of the road I need to learn to drive on? The left side, because that's the culture of their kingdom there. I don't get to come and impose my ideas upon Australia. They're not going to listen to me. I can write them. They don't care. Now, in the kingdom of God, the same principle applies. He has a culture. He has a process. He has precepts that he's called us to apply in our life. And if we do them, then we sit in the blessings of them. But if we choose to drive on the wrong side of the road in the kingdom of God, then we'll have those collisions and we'll wonder why it's not working for us. Now, if you ever go to 
over to northern Uganda and try to drive. Listen, they drive on both sides of the road. They have no rules. So if you like that, it's just chaos, and you just play chicken at about 50 miles per hour. And, and listen, I'll tell you, your prayer life is really great in northern Uganda. That's why God's moving so powerful over there. It's their driving. They pray so much. But here's the point. If you don't follow the system of the culture of God, then you'll miss out on the blessings of God. Let me say it another way. If you violate God's principles, then you invalidate God's promises. Let me say it again. I, didn't, I, I thought I was going to get more than one woo out of that. <laughs> so get ready for your woo. If you violate God's principles, then you invalidate God's promises. Thank you. Y'all are getting better. Holy Spirit's on you, I know. Um, we have to participate in the kingdom according to receive God's promises. The problem arises, though, when people impose their ideas upon Christianity. They, they really don't know it. They've heard some catchphrases. They believe that God is love, of course, but they, they impose that on everything. And when people try to impose their ideas upon God, it never works for them. Sometimes people, though, also, they just kind of dabble with their Christianity. They, they try the principles for a day or two, and then they, they come back over and do it the world's way. And they, they, they straddle both. And that doesn't work either. Some are just hit and miss with kingdom principles. Sometimes they follow them, sometimes they don't. That doesn't work any better than going to a foreign country and trying to drive on either side of the road that you want. So if you want God's promises, then we must follow His patterns. Let me take you to Scripture, Matthew chapter 13, verse 10 through 11. And it says that the disciples, they came to Jesus and they asked Him, Why do you speak to people or them in parables? And he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you. Now listen, catch that phrase. It has been given to the disciples. Now what has been given? It has been given to them to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. They have the ability to see it and to hear it and to know, to comprehend God's ways and God's patterns. Mysteries here in this verse isn't meant to sound like it's unknowable. It means that it is veiled from those who don't genuinely want to know it. Those that aren't really fully trying to comprehend and be a part of God's kingdom, then it stays as a veil to them and they don't understand the, the way the Christians can experience God. Mysteries is, is meant to to say that the kingdom of God is very uncommon to the world. It's not the same operating system of the world. And you cannot impose the world systems upon God's systems and see God kind of results in your life. It's only a mystery to those who don't want to know the truth. But for those who do, it's, it's, it's for you to know, it says. It's available. Verse 16, Jesus compliments his disciples. And he says to them in verse 16, he says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, 
and your ears for they hear. And so he's complimenting their, their desire to, to, to be part of the kingdom of God and to, to embrace the, the principles and the precepts of the kingdom of God. Now, when it says eyes to see, it's, it's a spiritual way of seeing something that's not just natural, but what, what is possible with God. And when he says ears to hear, he's talking about the ability to comprehend what God is saying and doing. And so the disciples had a heart. They had the heart that says, I want to embrace what the kingdom of God is all about. We want to follow Jesus. The Bible says that they left homes and they left families in order to follow Jesus. And because of that, they had ears to hear and eyes to see. God wants you to know his operating system. And I want to share with you today the, the most basic principle of God's operating system. This, this is the first and the foremost. And if you get this one right, the rest will begin to fall into place for you. And so I want to share with you today, and if, you, if you'll catch this, then it'll begin to unlock more of God's supernatural move. It'll unlock more of God's blessing. It'll unlock His presence in a way you recognize Him in ways that you haven't been. And so Jesus taught in this same section of Scripture to His disciples when He's talking about the mysteries and, and, and they said, why do you speak to them this way? And so Jesus spoke in parables. And so He landed on this parable for the disciples. And He said in verse 44, He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that is hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, He goes and sells all that he has to buy that field. So this would be like if you were shopping uh, real estate and you wanted to buy a lot or a, a piece of property. And so you went out to this lot and there were several lots for sale in a row and, and you found your lot and you're like, man, that's an awesome lot. I like the view. And, and while you're getting the land surveyed, but you notice on the lot beside you, there's something interesting happening in the middle of that lot. There happens to be oil bubbling up over there. Now, I'm not, listen, pretend you're in Texas, all right? So, but there's oil. It's just an illustration. It's a parable. If you have eyes to see, ears to hear, you can stay with me. Um, but so, I mean, it's, it's the clampets. Anybody watched the clampets years ago, you know? So, you know, there's oil bubbling up. So you're on your lot that you think you want to buy, but you see that over there. So you... You then, you know, step back and you're like, hey, I want to find out how much that lot is because if it's the same as that lot, I want that lot because that lot's going to be like making me some money. And so you inquire, but the lot happens to be way more. So much more that if you're going to buy it, you have to sell your boat, you have to sell your car, you have to sell your house, and you have to invest all of your savings to buy that lot. And that's the story of the parable. That he's saying there is such a treasure to the kingdom of heaven that you have to sell out. Not necessarily about your money, but could include that. But you have to sell your whole heart out to the kingdom of God. And so many people, when they see the price of that, they settle for the lot beside it. And they go, you know what? I just want a little bit of land. And so they, they don't sell out to the lot. They don't sell out to the kingdom of God. 
And so they just dabble with their Christianity. They sit right beside it and they look at it and then someone else buys that beautiful lot and suddenly over the years they become wealthier and wealthier and you sit over here thinking, well, why did they get that? And the reason they got that is someone sold out for the kingdom of God. Amen? Sometimes people don't understand the treasure that's in the field. They just don't see it. They, they can't comprehend it. To some, those treasures are just a mystery, it says. I, I, I just I don't see it. And sometimes when you talk to people about your faith and, and you talk to them about how much God means to you, they, they just look at you. They can't comprehend it. But those who have experienced God understand the treasure of the kingdom of God. But He wants to reveal it to every single person. The treasures of heaven. If you have eyes to see it, ears to hear it, you'll understand that the treasure, there's a treasure of forgiveness of your sins. That's a treasure. That's worth selling out for. Listen, if you are like me and you know how much you needed a Savior, then you understand the treasure is worth selling out for. Some people don't understand the treasure of grace. It's unconditional grace of God on our life. They just don't get it. Some don't understand the treasure of peace in the middle of storms in your life. How many of you ever felt like God's presence was with you as you walked through difficult times? Is that you? You can raise your hand today. See, that's a treasure of the kingdom of heaven right there. Some people don't understand the treasure of comfort through the loss of a loved one. If you've ever lost a loved one as a believer, you understand the treasure of the Holy Spirit. You understand the hope that we have through our Savior that, that this death is not final, but there's everlasting life in Him. There's hope. That's a treasure of hope through death. There's a treasure of strength when we discover we can't do it all on our own. There's a treasure of joy in circumstances that are difficult. The kingdom is full of treasures waiting for us to unearth it and to, and to embrace it. There's the treasure of the Holy Spirit who comforts and guides and empowers us. The treasure of the supernatural move of God in your life. If you have eyes to see it and ears to hear it, He wants to unlock that in your life. But if you can't see those treasures then you won't fully embrace what God is doing. And I'm here to, to help you see how glorious and how great the kingdom of God is so that you will be like the man in that parable. He said, for the joy of his life, for the joy that was in him, he said, I will sell it all. See, the kingdom of God isn't about drudgery and discipline. It's about knowing how great grace is and how great forgiveness is. And because of that, out of my joy, I gladly embrace all that God wants for my life. And so many people see it as just discipline. Oh, Christianity's so hard. Well, it's only hard if you don't understand the treasure. And the treasure is so glorious. The treasure is Jesus Christ 
who died on the cross for your sins, who was resurrected back to life. The treasure is that the Holy Spirit now fills your life and empowers you and you are not walking this earth alone. You have God's presence that is before you, God's presence that's behind you, God's presence that's beside you, God's presence that is in you. You never have to live this life in your own strength and and you have God to help you through it all plus eternity. That's a treasure. According to Jesus, though, the principle, the precept, and the operating system begins with this. The kingdom of God requires our full devotion. That's where it begins. You cannot be in the field beside the field. You can't even stand both feet on pieces, each piece of property. Now you're like, Lord, everything I have, I give to you. And I fully embrace your kingdom. I fully embrace the operating system of the kingdom of God. We must be fully committed to him. Church, we must fully be committed to serve God. We must be fully committed to to love his church that Jesus died for. He calls the church the bride of Christ. If you can't love his bride, then you're going to find the the roadblocks to all that you want in God. You must be committed to, to God, all my possessions are yours. Like, Like he may not ask you for everything, but we need to be in a place where we say, God, it, it's yours. I'll just do with whatever you ask. We must be committed to, to study his word and, and to committed to prayer. I mean, these are the, the kingdom principles, but it starts with my desire to be fully in and say, God, I want to be like that man in the story that sold it all for the kingdom of God. And that's the kind of people that began to experience the power and the presence and the breakthroughs in their life. And I don't want you to come to Life Church and see someone sitting by beside you getting all of the breakthroughs and you're over here going, what's wrong with me? Well, nothing's wrong with you. You're amazing. We love you. But you haven't fully embraced the kingdom of God and you've left yourself on the other side of the field looking over at the guy that's receiving so much from the kingdom. Some people will say, well, pastor, I tithed once, but nothing happened. Pastor, I went to church last month. I didn't feel any different all week long. Okay. Glad you came once. We meet every week. There's four or five times a month you get to do this. Pastor, I read my Bible three days and I didn't get any answered prayers. Listen, let me just tell you, fully devoted requires consistency and time for you to see his promises in your life. That's fully devoted. Like you can't be like, hey, I'm all in, God. Woo! Hey, I'm all out, God. Like you're either woo-woo. Remember, woo-woo? We, I taught you woo-woo. Come on, everybody. Woo-woo. You're in. But you can't woo out. So we must understand the operating system of the kingdom of God. 
So things like if you don't sow, then don't expect to reap. Fair? If you don't forgive, then don't expect freedom in your life. Fair? If we don't walk in humility, then don't expect God to exalt you in your life. Is that good preaching? You all right with that? If you don't read God's word and pray, then don't expect answered prayers all the time. If you don't love the church, then don't expect the blessings that come with it. That may seem a little overwhelming with all that. So let me just, let me just give you one simple bit of advice. After you're fully committed to God, just do what you know to do. Start right there. If you'll just do what you know right now, that that has been revealed to you by God, begin to do that. That that has been taught to you in your church, just begin to do that. Don't start trying to figure everything out. God will reveal to you in time. Don't complicate the system. Just fully commit to God and do what you know to do and begin to walk with God fully devoted, fully committed to Him and He'll begin to, to lead you. He'll show you more treasure and He'll open up the kingdom of God to you in ways that you'll never ever imagine could have. Amen? A little tight on time, but I have a good story I want to tell you. Years ago, I went on a, a mission trip to Mexico and I was meeting with the pastor there, and he said to me, he said, hey, Tim, I need you to carry five $10 bills with you at all times. And I'm like, okay, but, but why? He said, well, if you ever get pulled over by the Mexican police, they expect a bribe. Give them 10 bucks, they'll let you go. They know you're American, you got a little money, they'll take your money. They'd rather have your money than to arrest you. And I said, well, I'm not going to bribe anybody. I'm like, we don't do that in America. And he looked at me and goes, you're not in America. He said, we have a system here whether you like it or not. And he said, so if you don't want to go to jail, carry your five $10 bills with you and you just operate in the system of Mexico. I said, well, fair enough. I put five $10 bills in my pocket and I felt pretty safe all along the way. So listen, it's just a, it's a matter of understanding the kingdom operating system. And you can either do it or not. It's your decision. But if you choose to be like the man in the parable, then the treasures of heaven will open up to you. Amen, church. I want to pray for you today. What is God saying to you today about your commitment? What is God speaking in your heart about where you are with those two lots? Are you on the lot that has no treasure? Are you straddling between the two lots, still not experiencing God? Or have you made a decision to fully embrace the kingdom of God? Would you bow your heads? And if you're here and you lift your hand to me and say, Pastor, today I want to take a fresh step and be fully committed to God. Is that you? Would you raise your hand and say, that's me today? Listen, there's no shame in that. Most likely all of us say, God, I want a little more. I want to give you a little more today. We love you, Lord. Father, I pray that as we have heard this message today, that you would help us to fully embrace the kingdom of God and that we would have a, a desire to sell out for you, that we would, we would have a, a genuine heart like those disciples did, that, that Jesus complimented and he said, he said to them, you have eyes to see and ears to hear. God, we want to be those people. And so, God, 
Would you see our hearts right now? And if you're sitting in your chair, would you just, in your own words, say, God, I want to be fully committed to you. I'm fully devoted to you. I step across the boundary and I come into your kingdom fully. Nothing. I hold nothing back. Would you say, Lord, I'm not going to hold anything back. Oh, we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you've never begun a relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, I want to share this with you because I want to help you take the first step to understanding the kingdom of God. And it comes in a belief that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And so I want you to know that God loves you. Whether you're in the kingdom or out of the kingdom, God loves you. Whether you've acted great or haven't acted great, He loves you. But it's our sin that has separated us from God. But we know that Jesus came and He died on a cross. He gave His life. He paid a penalty of the punishment we deserved so that we are free from that punishment and then can begin a relationship with God. Our role in the whole equation is to say, I believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross and rose again so that I can be free from my sin. And so one more time, would you bow your head? If you're here today and you want to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you just lift your hand to me real high so I can see your hand? I would love to just pray for you. Is there anyone here today? God bless you. God bless you, brother. Hey, let's all join this brother as we pray out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. And thank you that Jesus came to earth. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. I believe in him. Would you forgive me of my sins? And by grace, I receive my forgiveness today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. Come on, let's celebrate. Awesome.